Well, when I was growing up in the 60s, this is the type of McDonald's that I went to. That's retro, huh? No doubt about it. A lot of good memories at McDonald's. Uh, how many have kids that are fans of McDonald's out there? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah, the brand is still going strong. McDonald's. Fans of McDonald's. Yeah, I got some good food there. Well, I tell you what, uh, McDonald's uh, is a place where you can get fast food. How many saw the movie Supersize Me? Supersize Me. Uh, you should see that movie if you haven't seen it. This particular filmmaker decided that he was going to document his experience of eating at McDonald's for 30 days straight. That's all he could eat, morning, noon, and night. And if the person taking the order said, would you like that to be supersized, he had to answer yes. <laughs> so every day he was eating the caloric equivalent of nine Big Macs. And he became sluggish, and he was seeing a doctor getting checkups, and finally they shut it down at 20 days because fat was accumulating in his liver. And he had gained 24 pounds. <laughs> Too much of a good thing, no doubt. Well, friends, we're going to be talking about how we can feed on not sinful junk food in the spiritual sense, not sinful junk food or fast food, but how we can feed on spiritual healthy food. We're going to get to that later in our message. But we're continuing on our R12 adventure. We are focusing on Romans chapter 12 for a six-week period. This is the second in our series and it's been great, and great feedback from our small groups and the discussions you've been having and how you're growing in the Lord. I urge you to pick up the D.A.R.E. book in the back. We'll talk about that a little later. And encourage you to continue to study and meditate upon Romans 12 as we learn how to be authentic followers of Jesus Christ. The verse we looked at last week was our memory verse for this month of February, Romans 12:1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. We talked about the fact that there were two different decisions that a person needs to make. First of all, you need to make the salvation decision, declaring your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. And then as time goes by, you make the Lordship decision. And that's when you realize, I want Jesus Christ to be in charge of my life. I want Him to call the shots. I want to become like Christ. I want to submit to Him in everything. I'm all in. And that really is the emphasis of the series, how to live a life where Jesus Christ is Lord. And maybe some of you have made that decision for the first time. Now, once you make that decision, you don't need to make it again. You just renew it day by day as you submit to Jesus Christ's authority in your life. But if you've never made it, you make it. I hope you make it during this series. I pray that you make it. And we'll give you an opportunity to indicate that at the end of our message. Now, the verse we're going to focus on today as we move through Romans 12 is 
Verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is the life transformation verse. How we need to be separate from this world. Now we're going to break this verse into three different parts. And the first is the outcome. How do we experience a transformed life? Well, we need to focus on the outcome, and that's seen in Romans 12, too. Again, a negative command is do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. The positive command is but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what's the outcome? Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the idea is, if you don't conform to the world, if you are transformed by God, then you will be able to live life as God intended it. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is for your life. You'll be able to take these principles found in God's Word, apply it to your life, and you'll experience the life God wants for you, which is a good life, it's a pleasing life to God, and it's in His perfect will. And I'd say we'd all want that kind of life, and if we're going to experience life as God designed it, we need to follow the negative command, do not conform, the positive command, be transformed, and then God's going to start to do wonderful things in our lives. What does God want for you? We see that in John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. God wants you to have a life full of blessings. God wants you to transform your mind. You see, when you start to live life as God desires you to, when you make Him Lord, when you let the power of Christ empower you to live day by day, things start to change. Not all at once, but slowly. Day by day, He's transforming you. And you're interacting in a different way with your spouse and your kids and people at work and your relationships. You're more patient with them. You're more gentle. You're evidencing the fruit of the Spirit. And then your attitudes start to change. Instead of being so negative and pessimistic, you're optimistic. You're hopeful about the future. And your behaviors start to change. Instead of struggling with sinful behaviors and things that bring you down, you're, you start to become more godly. You start to act more like Jesus Christ. And when your life hits the wall and things go south, Jesus Christ is there for you to comfort you, encourage you, fill you with wisdom, to help you persevere in the challenges that we face in life. You know what the sad thing is, though? Is that many Christians never make Jesus Christ Lord of their life. They make that decision to claim Him as Savior, but they never make Him Lord. And therefore, they say, hey, the Christian life doesn't work. I go to church, listen to the messages, occasionally read the Bible, but hey, it's not working for me. But you know why it's not working for you? Because you're conforming to the world. You're not being transformed by God and the power of Jesus Christ. That's why it's not working 
for you. So that's why it's so important that we spend some time talking about how our lives can be transformed. So let's look at how that can happen. First of all, I want to look at the negative command. The negative command. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. So that's the thing we're not supposed to do, is conform to that pattern. The values of this world, what this world says we need to do to experience life to its fullest, we shouldn't go that direction because it's all lies. Do not conform. Now, if we look at the grammar of this, the passive voice is when you're being acted upon. Another translation puts it, do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. You see, Satan is behind the world system. He's the ruler of this world. It's his kingdom. It's his value system. So the idea is, is conforming. The original word speaks of stamping metal, molding something. Satan is constantly using this world to conform you to the world's values. And also this is in the present tense. So every day we get up, Satan's using the world's values to try to make you like the world. You're being acted upon. The world is working against you every day. On top of your sinful nature, <laughs> also is working against you. But you got the pressures of the world. This toxic environment that Satan has put together to bring you far from Christ. We're battling that every day, or we're choosing not to battle that. You see, if you just go into default mode and kind of go along and not give much attention to your spiritual life, you will be conformed to the world, and you'll wonder what's wrong with your spiritual life. Well, it's because you're following the world. You're not following Jesus Christ. This is a command. Stop conforming to the world. Stop it. And as we look at our lives day by day, the Holy Spirit will point out different ways that we are conforming to the world. We are just doing what everybody else is doing. We have similar values that are more a reflection of what Satan wants in our lives. We look in 1 Peter 5.8. 1 Peter 5.8. It says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. When we think of this verse, we say, okay, Satan wants to destroy me, so he probably wants me to do something like really bad. So I'll get a lot of trouble and my life will fall apart. Maybe he wants me to have an affair. Maybe he wants me to be guilty of some type of crime. Maybe he wants me to be enmeshed in an addiction that destroys everything I have. Now it's true, Satan loves that stuff. But you know, the most common way that Satan de devours you and me is us buying in to his system. That's right. Now you, you're going along and you're coming to church and you know, you're not doing any of the big sins and things like that. And you think is going, life is going along fine, but what you don't realize is Satan is devouring you because you've totally bought hook, line, and sinker into the world system, into his value system. 
about what life is all about and you think everything is okay and he has neutralized you he's taking you off the field you're not making an impact for god in fact you're even doing worse you're saying a christ follower and people are looking at your lives and saying what's the deal with that i don't want to be like that you're just like me that's how he's devouring you so we got to stop loving the world as we see in first john do not love the world or anything in the world john writes if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him this is a fundamental thing you need to understand about the Christian life. The Christian life is not a list of rules. The Christian life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a love relationship with Him. He loves you so much and He wants your love back. And the more time you spend with Him, the more time you read His love letter, the more time you talk to Him, the more time you are with Him, the more time you sense His presence. That is what's going to stoke your spiritual life, and you're going to have a natural desire to do all the commands in this book because you know if you follow these commands, you're going to experience life the way that it's supposed to be experienced. If you just say, okay, I want to be a good Christian, so you follow all these commands, you're going to say, oh, why do I have to do all this stuff? It's based on a relationship. A love relationship. So if you're loving the world, you're not loving Jesus. And that's a real problem. Now in verse 16, it lays out Satan's strategy to devour us. It lays out his value system. For everything in the world, the craving of sinful man. In other translations it says, the lust of the flesh, our cravings, that overwhelming desire for something. The lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does, some translations, it's the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world, from Satan's values. Those are Satan's values. Let's take a closer look at what those are. These are Satan's distortions, or his values. Now, this is different from your message notes, so you want to mark that up a little more clear. Uh, first of all, we all have desires. We all have basic needs, and we all have a desire to be significant. Now, those particular needs in our lives can be met through Jesus Christ. He can meet our basic desires. He can meet our basic needs. He can meet the need for significance. So what Satan does is say, hey, listen, don't just depend on what God says about those desires. You haven't lived until you follow my instructions so if you have a sexual desire a desire for food a desire for relationship desire for entertainment whatever it might be hey you got to live it out let's talk about sex you've got to embrace your sexuality you've got to experiment with your sexuality you've got to push the limits you've got to experience freedom in your sexuality that's where the satisfaction is going to come from, Satan says. And what does that lead to? It leads to hedonism. You live for pleasure. You worship pleasure or basic needs. you got the lust of the eyes, the idea of wanting more of what your basic needs are. You, you need a car, but no, you just can't have any car. you got to have the best car, right? Significance, the pride of life. You can find your significance in Jesus Christ. That's the way it should be, but... You need your significance from other people. So let's 
talk a little more about each of these. Let's first of all talk about desires or the lust of the flesh. Our desires, as I talked about, can be met through God. And God puts a boundary, for example, around sex. Sex stays inside marriage. Satan says, oh, God is trying to limit your fun again. I want you to step outside those boundaries and do whatever you want. That's the world's value system. Now, Galatians 5, 16 and 17 talks about the fact that this is very difficult. We're always battling with our sinful nature, and the world is pressuring us to do what Satan wants. Where, of course, we also have the Spirit of God within us that's guiding us to do what God wants, but it's a battle. Paul writes, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. <laughs> That's so true, isn't it, right? And we say, okay, you know, I heard that message or I read that book and now I'm going to go out and change my life and live for Jesus. And a week later we're saying, what happened? I blew it so royally. I mean, I, I just didn't fail. I, I, it was just terrible. Well, friends, we got the battle going on. And the only way you can win the battle is through the power of the Holy Spirit, as we'll talk about in a moment. The power of the Holy Spirit flowing through your life in order to do impossible things, supernatural things, to obey God. God's given you the power, but you can't trust in yourself. You've got to trust in the Spirit's power to make it happen. So I say live by the Spirit. There is the key phrase. How are you going to live the Christian life? Not in your own power. As you'll fail and you'll become frustrated and you'll give up. But you've got to live by the Spirit. That's a battle that we have going on. Now, we're not doing very well in this battle as an evangelical church in the United States. In fact, George Barna has done surveys that show there's no significant difference in the behavior of believers compared to non-believers. Well, that's shocking, isn't it? You'd think those of us who have a personal relationship with Christ, those of us who know God's Word, that we're going to operate differently in life. We're going to be more godly, but that's not what the survey says. Here's another survey that, that's interesting. Uh, this is behavior that's accepted among believers today. It's published in a book called Unchristian. So, let's look at this. Cohabitation, obviously a sin. All these things are sins. Well, let's say in the younger generation, people under 42, and the older generation is people uh, 42 and over. Uh, in the younger generation, 60% say, hey, cohabitation is no big deal. These are people who identify themselves as born again. Right? No big deal. What's the problem with living together if you're going to get married? 33% of the older generation say, hey, it's no big deal. Sexual thoughts and fantasies, 58% say, hey, no big deal of the younger generation. 35% of the older generation. Sex outside of marriage, having an affair. 44% okay with the younger, 33% okay with the older generation. And pornography, having an abortion, homosexual behavior. Well, what does this say? 
That's scary when I look at it. First of all, thinking that, you know, people are saying these things are okay, and the Word of God is very, very clear about the fact that they're not. So number one, I think, is that people don't know the Word of God, what the Word of God teaches about these different behaviors. But I think something that's even more telling is, is that people throughout the years, and I think it's gotten worse, certainly, but people, they, uh, they adapt to the norms of the society, of the mores, the expectations of the society. So back in the 1950s, when we look at these particular sins, you know, all that was wrong. You know, abortion and uh, pornography and sex outside of marriage and cohabitation. I mean, come on. I mean, people still did those things to whatever degree, but it wasn't accepted. Where today, all those things are accepted that we saw on that list. It's all accepted. So what happens is if you have a Christ follower who has been sucked into the world, who's been squeezed by the world's mold, they're just going to live with whatever the expectations the world has. They're going to buy into Satan's system, and that's why I believe things are so much worse than they are today. There are the mores of a culture, the expectations that control people's behavior, and the problem of the United States is that those norms and expectations are going wider and wider and wider, and we have more and more sin What's going to lead to the destruction of our nation. That is a key problem. And we need to continue to address as a church by teaching God's Word and what He says about right behavior. So that's the lust of the flesh. Let's talk about the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes. We all have basic needs. House, um, food, transportation, you know, it goes on and on. Uh, and again, God can meet those needs in an appropriate way. But Satan says, come on now. You got all that money, and you need more money, so devote your life to making money so you can buy more stuff, so you can live in the right house, in the right neighborhood, and you can write, uh, wear the right clothes and take the right vacations so, number one, you can experience satisfaction, Satan says. On top of that, other people will be impressed with you. They'll say, wow, you're one of us. You're in the in crowd. You're on our track. Uh, we accept you. Oh, isn't that satisfying? <laughs> you know, but we pursue it, don't we? We buy into Satan's value system, the lust of the eyes. I want that. I'm jealous of that. I need that. That's all from Satan. That's the lust of the eyes. We get the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and finally the pride of life. The pride of life. Now, we should find our significance in Jesus Christ. But we don't do that, do we? We want to find our significance, the world, uh, the way the world says to find significance. And that's in me. I want other people to know me. I want people to know my name. I want other people to know what I have accomplished. I want other people to know my position and what I've done at work or what a great mom I am or whatever you do for a living. You want to stack up these accomplishments in order that people might notice you, in order that you might be special. That's what the world wants you to buy into. Egotism. It's all about me. Narcissism. Life revolves around me. That's what Satan wants you to believe. 
is the way to experience joy. That's a lie. They're all lies, aren't they? But we buy into them, don't we? That's serious stuff, friends. God. God will discipline us. We, we look here in James. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the Spirit He caused to live in us envies intense, intensely? So you see, we who are Christ followers have a love relationship. We're married to Jesus Christ. We're the bride of Christ. So when we go out and love the world, it's like going out and having an affair with someone. We all know people who've done that or maybe we've experienced it ourselves and how painful that is. Well, that's what God goes through when we go out and love the world. I mean, He has all this wonderful stuff for us. He tells us how to live life and we say, no, God, you know, I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to follow Satan's values. And uh, it's adultery. Many times the Israelites were called adulterers and we also are adulterers in the way we sin against God and we love the world instead of loving Him. We just need to realize that God is holy and God loves us, but He is going to make sure that we obey Him and He'll discipline us if He needs to. So we need to not conform to this world. Not to be squeezed into its mold. We've got to say, stop. I'm going to live in a different way. So let's look at the positive command. The positive command found in Romans 12, too. The positive command is to be, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you're going to change behavior, you've got to change the way you think. You've got to change your mind. The pattern of this world is not what we should follow. But we need to be renewed. We need to renew our minds to the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to change our minds. We need to be transformed. The word is metamorphous. Change from the inside out like a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. That's what God wants to do, what He wants to do in our lives. And it's interesting, again, just like conform was in the passive voice, the idea that the world is, is, is again, trying to squeeze you into its mold you're being acted upon in the same way the idea here that you're being transformed it's god now who's doing the work not the world but god is acting upon you the passive voice he's forming you to be like him and that's a much better situation now is it and it's in the present tense it's a it's a, a thing that happens over weeks and months and years in fact i was sitting uh with our overseer board uh, this past week and we were just telling our stories and it was so beautiful to hear these guys who'd walked with God for 12, 15 years and just how God had transformed their lives. It was, it was just so cool to hear. You know, sometimes we were just always focused on the immediate and focused on right now. But when you look at what God has done over a 10-year period in your life, it's miraculous, isn't it? Amen? Amen? Is God working in your life? Amen? <laughs> Come on. Amen? Oh, thank you very much. I know, I know God's working here, okay? I just, just want to hear some excitement about it. Okay, so the point being, 
is that God transforms us daily, and, and He's the one, if we allow Him to, now we've got to allow Him to, that's the key thing, He's the one who's molding us and, and changing us. And this is a command. You need to be transformed. How is our life, how is our lives transformed? Well, how do you transform the mind? First of all, you need to fill your mind with God's truth. Fill your mind with God's truth. Now, let's go back to the uh, fast food illustration. When you think about fast food opposed to healthy food, fast food sells a lot faster than healthy food because, number one, it tastes really good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it tastes so good, right? My weakness is pizza, as you know, and uh, I just got done shoveling forever, that monster snowstorm, and I needed some pizza. And went to one of our favorite places, Papa's Averios, like Adam and Rhonda Schnall, they're there. Adam, wave to everybody. Okay. They own uh, Papa Severio's in Lake in the Hills right next to Ace Hardware there. And so I went over there. And everybody was there because all the pizza joints were, were shut down. It was like an angry mob. You know, we want our pizza. You know, and Adam is back there. And they're running out of all their ingredients because they're selling pizza to the whole world. <laughs> it's like people get intense about food. You know, all right? It's the same way with sin, right? We want it now. We want fast food. And Satan says, here it is, right? It's available. Now, now, healthy food, I don't know. We've got such an acquired taste for bad food that healthy food, sometimes you have to acquire a taste for. Isn't that terrible to say? But it's true uh, for some foods. And uh, in the same way, you need to acquire a taste for God's word. But you see, the thing about healthy food is if you eat it enough, it's really going to taste good, and you're going to say, forget that junk food. Again, I am not a living example to this. But at the same time, <laughs> it's theory that I'm working on, okay? Pray for me. But the point is, is that you work on health. If you, the more healthy food you eat, the more you're going to like it, okay? Another thing about fast food is that it, it's so accessible. You drive down Randall Road, I mean, you got every type of fast food that you can imagine. All you have to do is turn your car in. You don't even have to walk in. You just go to the drive-thru and say, feed me. Just give them some money and they'll feed you as much as you want. And it's terrible food typically for you. But if you want healthy food, oh, You've got to go to these special grocery stores and you've got to put work into preparing the food. I don't want that. I want something that they'll give to me in my car. You know? <laughs> Access. You know the thing about fast food is it's cheap. It's cheap, right? Why do you go to McDonald's? Why do you go to Wendy's? Because it's the dollar menu. The dollar menu. Oh, man. I can save so much money. I can experience financial freedom and bring glory to God. So I'm going to ruin my body by going for the dollar menu, right? And fill my, fill my body with junk food in order to save money. It's expensive to eat healthy. How many would agree with that? Oh, yeah. Fruit? Holy cow. That costs a lot of money. You see, if you are going to feed on spiritual healthy food, you're going to have to discipline yourself. You're going to have to work hard at reading God's Word and 
listening to God's Word and meditating upon it and engaging with a church and engaging with Christian friends, it's not necessarily going to be super tasty right away, maybe. It's not going to be easy to access, and it's going to cost something. But friends, when you look at the long run, what do you really want? you want a healthy body or do you want an unhealthy body? Now let's look at sources of information that we take into our lives. First of all, you have the computer. I love the Internet. It's unbelievable. At the same time, it scares me to death. As you know, several years ago, maybe five years, I'm not sure, 50% of the Internet was porn. I mean, 50%. Wow. That's a lot. People are off track in their lives. And so we can use these different venues for information in different ways. TV and movies. TV and movies. Boy, there's raunchy stuff on TV today, isn't there? Charlie Sheen has been in the news. And it seems like his uh, you know, his personal persona is catching up with his TV persona. I'm not sure. But, I mean, two and a half men. That show is about a guy who is just buying into all the lies of Satan. He's a womanizer, and his brother's moved in with him, and has this nine-year-old boy, and I got this off of Wikipedia. Um, that's a great source. But <laughs> uh, and, and he's a womanizer, Charlie Sheen, in the show. Uh, he brings women in all the time, and the nine-year-old boy is just fascinated by all this, obviously. I mean, this is one of the top shows on TV in prime time. And if that's one of your favorite shows, you need to reconsider whether you should watch that show or not. All right? I'll just speak it out. But I'll tell you what, guys. I'm just as guilty. This is one of my weak areas, you know, because I really like entertainment. I love movies. I love watching TV. And, and I really need to ask the Spirit, and I encourage you to do the same. As we watch different TV shows and movies, you know, is it really the right show to be watching? And we might not watch, you know, extreme shows on TV, but... You know, many times what we do is we almost sin vicariously through watching media. We kind of get excited about it and that kind of thing. And um, another thing it does is it dulls our senses to sin. Yeah, well, most people are doing it, you know. Yeah, well, you know, the whole issue with homosexuality, you know, you got glee going on. And uh, so many, everybody has, I won't go into that, but, you know, I mean, the acceptance of homosexuality through the media Again, God's word says homosexuality is wrong. If a person struggles with homosexual desires, that's one of the most difficult things I think a person can go through. And I want to reach out to that person and love them, but tell them not to act on their homosexual desires. But the way it's accepted these days, I mean, think about kids growing up these days and what they're exposed to. If their parents aren't careful. Yeah, and, and But you see... We've got to look at what we're watching, okay? Because we can think, oh, I go to church and I do this and all that, and then we go home and watch or read a book or something like that. That really just, again, it's a Holy Spirit thing. I, I can point out the extremes, but I get caught in the middle, you know? <laughs> you really have to say, what am I, I taking into my life? Hey, another thing is news. Some of you guys got to stop watching the news so much, all right? You're depressed. You walk around. What's the problem? I've been watching the news. <laughs> yeah, of course you're going to get depressed watching that news, all right? Yeah, I mean, okay, I keep abreast of the news. You know, I like to watch half hour of news each day, but 
more than that. I mean, let's face it. We know the problems. People are dying. People are going to war. And we're in a financial mess. Do you really need all the details about it? Do you really want to fill your mind with all that stuff so that you just well, you walk around with a cloud over your head? Come on now. Do yourself a favor. Advertising. We've talked a lot about that, how Satan uses that to cause discontent. Books and magazines. People magazine. Talk about uh, a magazine that, uh, I mean, I enjoy reading people, but it's, it's all about what, again, the flesh of the eyes, or excuse me, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, those kind of things. Again, any, any type of magazine you read that's not Christian is going to be about Satan's orientation in life in terms of it's all about me. It's all about making me better. It's all about making me happier. And it's not all about you. It's all about God. And you see, that's why you need to get this book in your face. face. Just like that, right? Yeah. You've got to put your head in this book. And most of you are not doing it. I'll tell you that. I just know by the numbers. Most of you are not spending enough time in this book, reading it, memorizing it, studying it. I tell you what, uh, that's another point. But, um, you know, you got to get in this book. you got to make it a priority. But it's so hard. It doesn't taste good, you know. It takes time. It's a pr- Yeah, all those things. But it's the real stuff that's going to change your life. So let's go on and talk about how the Word of God can change our life. Psalm 119. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, if you just took that one passage and meditated it, meditated on it all week long, I believe it would change the way you view Scripture. How can a young man keep his way pure? Do you want a pure life? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Is that your heart? We sing about it, but... We think about it throughout the week. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let's talk about memorization and meditation. Are you memorizing verses? We're giving you a verse every month to memorize. Again, if you've covered those verses, great. and you know, Memorize more verses. But this is why we have a memory verse. Because memorizing God's word supernaturally is a barrier to sin it is you hide god's word in your heart you're going to sin less i've hidden your word in the heart that i might not sin against you so what are some sources of god's truth well we got the bible of course in prayer we talk about the first 10 uh well hopefully you move beyond the first 10 that first 10 minutes of the day that you give to god you've gone on the first 20 the first 30 uh, you're reading God's Word, studying it. Uh, you're meditating upon it. You're in prayer over different things in your life, praising God, requesting things, thanking Him uh, for different things. Again, that's how you bring in that spiritual food. All right? Uh, again, this whole campaign is your opportunity to go deeper. So many people... Uh, just come to church on Sundays, and that's their feeding for the week. And oh man, you're 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 starving. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, you've got to feed yourself, all right. And we've given you the opportunity to do that, especially in this series. We're going to teach you on Sundays, 
Then we're going to encourage you to go to a small group so you can discuss what we talked about on Sundays. And I want to encourage you to buy this book, Chip Ingram, Living on the Edge. Every week I read it, I go, wow, this, this is the best exposition of Romans chapter 12 I've ever read. In fact, the insights I've shared with you today are from this book. And there's a lot more that's here. And I don't think, I don't know, maybe a few copies left. But, uh, hey, you can sign up for a copy, and we're going to order more of these. Of these. And even if it's another week, it's worth it, man. Read this book. But that takes time. It's going to cost, right? It's going to cost you something, right? And I have to read. Can I listen to it? Well, it's access, right? <laughs> but I guarantee if you read enough, it's going to taste good. <laughs> okay? Really spiritual health food. So dig in. Dig in. I was talking with somebody after the the second service and they said where could i learn more about uh you know what you were talking about and i felt like saying weren't you listening to me <laughs> you think that book would have something else listen <laughs> it's like listen i'm telling you information i'm guiding you you know whatever but um flow of thought is dangerous for me um let's see stream of thought that is uh so, yeah, music, that's a powerful way to get God's Word into your life. So let's talk about transforming the mind, God's truth. Let's talk about relationships. This is another way that you really can be uh, changed by God. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give a meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. It's very important who you spend time with. The people you hang around with, you become like, right? So you want to make sure it's okay to have unbelieving friends, but key friendships where you talk about life, where you talk about Jesus Christ and how he interfaces with your life, need to be with Christ followers. They only can be with Christ followers. And you need to pray that those people would come into your life so you can meet together, so you can spur one another on toward love and good deeds, and you can encourage one another. We all need that. The Christian life is difficult. It's challenging. And we need the support and encouragement to do the right thing from other believers. And they can inspire us, and they can give us ideas, and, and they can pray for us, and all those kind of things. Where do you find Christian friends? Well, small groups we've talked about a lot. Activities. I'll tell you what. Right here, if you want to find some Christian friends, financial peace. A great way to, again, understand what it means to be a good steward of uh, the resources God has given you. And if you went through the treasure principle and you said, I don't know how to get my finances in line, this will teach you. But this is also a great place to find Christian friends. I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, I met that person in financial peace and we're good friends. Another way is the men's retreat. Oh, guys, you got to sign up for this. $120 for a wonderful time with other Christian men where you can engage and getting to know other people. And we've got a great speaker, Craig Glass, stopped by our small group table. This is the best spiritual investment that you'll make all year long. I guarantee it. I'll give you your money back if it isn't. But you got to wait till the end of the year to see if it really is the best spiritual investment. So, again, get engaged. Take this step. Well, I don't know. I don't have any friends to go with. I'll be your friend. I'd love to be your friend. Email me and say, Dan, could you be my friend on the retreat? Yes, you can hang with me. Wherever I go, you can follow me except the bathroom. So just come, come, all right, guys? I'm really challenged, and you guys need this. You need this. Please get involved. Ministry. We have our ministry uh, interest lists, our 
first serve survey, please get engaged in ministry. And Christian activities, there's all kinds of ways, of course, to meet Christian people. But spend time with the Christ followers who, who love you. All right, the final thing is the most important point. We're going to go back to Galatians uh, chapter 5. Now, how do you battle it? How do you make this all happen? So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So I say, live by the Spirit. That's the only way you can live the Christian life. So many of you tried on your own. And you've tried, and you've tried, and you've failed, and you've failed, and you say, it doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work because you're trusting in yourself. You have got to trust in Jesus Christ alone and His Spirit to work through you in order to live the Christian life. So what you do this weekend, or a week that is, and you're struggling in an area in your life, and, and you just get up every day and say, Lord, you know, I'm struggling with jealousy. And then as you go through the day and jealous thoughts come up, oh, Lord, fill me with your Spirit to overcome these thoughts. You constantly go to God and ask for the power of the Spirit to fill you. You walk in the Spirit. The Spirit helps you to do the impossible supernatural things. The Spirit will remind you things, as we see in this next verse, John 14, 26, but the counsel of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He'll bring that scripture back to you. So we look at our summary here. Uh, negative command, don't conform. Say stop. I'm not going to, I'm going to stop doing that to the power of the Spirit, but I'm going to let Jesus Christ transform my life. And the result is that you're going to experience life as God wants you to do. Take out your welcome slip and let's mark off some next steps here. I always want to give you next steps to move you along and uh, encourage you in your growth. So again, under the name of your welcome slip, it says name. You want to circle these things and then turn in the offering. And we only follow up on you know, certain things, like if you made a lordship decision or you became a Christ follower. Other things are just kind of get you thinking about things and also how people respond to the message. We're interested in that. Uh, a is I want to know more about becoming a Christ follower. So we'll contact you about that. Uh, I made the Lordship decision in 2011. It's the first time you made that decision. We want to know about that so we can encourage you. I'll be consistent in my quiet time. We talked about that. I'll meditate on this week's message verses. Just take the message notes home with you and, and use those in your time alone with God. All right, so circle one of those. All right, let's pray together. Dear Lord, thank you for the time we've had to study your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to live it out. Help us to be Christ followers who submit to your Lordship and live through the power of the Spirit. In Christ's name, amen.